fatal mistake. I played around with my microphone just before I stood up and it's fallen off now. <clears throat> Good morning. Let's see if we can clip this back on. Shall we? There we go. Right. Good. Can I just say thank you for the three angelic voices sitting behind me as we were singing this morning? You should be in the choir or in the band or something. You just sounded beautiful. Thank you for blessing me with that this morning. So, Tom is, uh, Tom's over in the church hall helping with the children's service this morning. Um, so I thought it's probably my responsibility to update you on the performance of West Ham. Uh, <laughs> who unfortunately lost 2-1 this week to Manchester United. I don't know what any of that means really. It's something to do with football, I think. This morning, we, as Claire's already said, we're starting this new teaching series, which we've called Tools of the Trade, because for the first six weeks of this term, we're going to be looking at prayer as one of the, just the vital tools that God gives us in our life and work and walk with him. And then we'll be going on to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit a bit later on over this summer term. And so we're going to start with prayer. And I don't know about you, but I, I need, my prayer life needs work. It always needs work. Uh, And the aim of this teaching series is really simple, actually. Very, very simple indeed. The vision is this, that for each and every one of us, that we might grow in depth of relationship with God. Grow in depth of relationship with God. And and, and I know I need that, and I know that that some of you need that. I, I know that you need that because you've told me that. You've told me that that's what you want to happen. We do, you know, we do a congregational survey once a year. Uh, and some of the re- results of that last year from you said that you wanted to grow in depth of relationship with God. It's, it's what you say to, to Claire and Tom and I over coffee after a service. You know, we, you, you, we hear you talking about this relationship with Jesus. I, wa- I want some of that. That's what you say. So that's why we're doing this. Because also because we want this church to be fueled by prayer. Some of the greatest revivals in this country have have all started when the church comes back onto its knees to pray. But how do we grow in relationship with anyone? How do we grow in relationship with God? Well, uh, I have here my marriage certificate. Uh, Somebody sounded surprised that I got a marriage certificate. (laughs) Which says, on the 1st of June 2007... Russell William Gant, bachelor, young bachelor, married Jennifer Beth Mosher, spinster, which I think makes me sound younger than it makes her sound, actually. But, um, and there's our wedding day. And, uh, and as you can see, Jenny hasn't changed at all, and I've just got greyer. Um, but, you know, we have, we have proof that we are married. But... Uh, If we don't spend time together, if we don't talk to one another, then we won't have a relationship. And that relationship will never develop into real intimacy if we don't spend time with one another. And prayer is, is just that. It's about spending time in the presence of God, building up an intimate relationship with God. And it is the absolute heart of Christianity. You cannot be a Christian without prayer. It's the main way that we develop that intimate relationship with our Father in heaven. 
But just as there are different types of conversation that Jenny and I might have with one another, then there are different types of prayer. And we can use different types of prayer in different situations. And prayer has been likened to a toolbox, which I just so happen to have over here. Now, I'm not, an ex- I'm not a particular, I like DIY, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but you know, th- these different tools can be used for different things. And I mean, you know, I'm guessing that, that's for hitting things, isn't it? And, um, and I, could try, I could try hitting things with this, but it would be less effective than if I used the right tool for the right job. This, my, my woodwork teacher at school, I don't know if, he used to call this a Birmingham screwdriver. Is that a common term? Because that's for putting screws in. <laughs> but, uh, so there are different types of tool for, for different jobs. And the same way, there are different types of prayer for different experiences of our lives. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, there are all kinds of prayer. So we need to use all of those different kinds of prayer. And over the coming weeks, that's what we're going to be looking at. So this is, this is the roadmap, if you like, for the next six weeks. This morning we are going to be, we're going to be using the words of the Lord's Prayer and this morning we're going to start to think about adoration. What does it mean to pray from a a place of adoration? And then over the next weeks we'll be looking at petition, which is asking God for help. Intercession, which is when we pray on behalf of other people, which, you know, so many of you, and I just thank you that so many of you have been praying for me this week because I've been visiting my family, my parents are both quite unwell Uh, And so I've been visiting them and I have so appreciated the fact that this church has been interceding on my behalf. So thank you for that. Then we're going to be looking at praying with perseverance. God calls us to, to carry on praying, listening to God. And then finally, the whole area of spiritual warfare. How do we pray in that way? So I hope you're excited by that. I'm, I'm excited by that um, because I have a sense that God wants to do something new in the life of our church. And that will start uh, when we pray. And then in the middle of this term, uh, we get to Pentecost. And I love Pentecost, the celebration of that first filling of the Spirit for the early church. Uh, And so as we are looking at prayer, we are going to be joining a national prayer movement, which has been uh, instigated by the Archbishops of York and Canterbury, uh, to see the the evangelisation of our country. You know, we're not praying small, we're going to pray big, that this country would would recognise again the God who is the only God who can save this nation and who can turn our lives around. Uh, So that will come in a few weeks' time. But since we're going to be looking at prayer, let's pray and then we'll come to this, uh, this whole area of adoration. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are a God of love and that you showed your love for each one of us by uh, sending Christ into the world to take upon himself our sin, to die on the cross for us so that we could be reconciled to you. And Lord, as we come back to thinking about prayer, would you change us? Would you change our relationship with you? And may we see uh, more of the miraculous. May we see more healing. May we see uh, just a depth of relationship with you that we haven't experienced before. And would, you, would that overflow out of this church and out into our community so that our community is changed? And would it all be to your glory, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, as Anne was reading from Luke 11, it starts this way. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. 
which I just think is amazing. Here we have the person, the one person who had the closest possible relationship with God the Father, and yet Jesus still needed to pray. And if Jesus needed to pray, then we certainly do too. And then it goes on saying, when he'd finished praying, one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now this is, this is the, the one thing the disciples actually asked Jesus to teach them. I think if I'd been there, I would have said, that, that water to wine trick, could you show me that one? That would be helpful at parties. But no, they, they ask, teach us to pray. And so Jesus says, when you pray, start by saying, Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. And we don't uh, really use the word hallowed very much, do we? We might talk about hallowed ground. I suspect Tom would talk about the hallowed pitch, you know, at West Ham. But but what it means is to honour or to revere or to adore. And as we kick off this teaching series on prayer, I want to suggest that our prayer needs to be rooted in adoration. My prayers don't start there, if I'm really honest. My prayers start with, God, please can you do this for me right now? Or I really need this to happen. I don't start in a place of adoration, if I'm really honest. And I know that my prayers would look very different if that's where I started The Book of Common Prayer, written in 1662, describes adoration as this, the lifting of the heart and mind to God, asking nothing more but to enjoy God's presence. I like that. Asking nothing more but to enjoy God's presence. This might be a shocker for you this morning, but prayer is supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be an enjoyable experience. And if we don't enjoy it, if we if we do it begrudgingly, I don't think we can sustain that. We just we just find other things to do. I would like to describe and give you this picture, if you like, of adoration. I think adoration is climbing into the arms of the king. Climbing into the arms of the king. Just just delighting in the presence of our Heavenly Father. You know, George doesn't know that his dad's going to be king. He just loves him. Once we settle ourselves into that intimate presence of God, into his loving arms, and we worship him for who he really is, then I think we're much more likely to be in tune with his character. We're much more likely to be able to pray in a way that honours him, in a way that's in tune with him. Someone once said, who one believes God to be is most accurately revealed, not in any creed, but in the way one speaks to God when no one else is listening. How do you speak to God when no one else is listening? And as we stand in the shadow of Easter, the shadow of the cross, the shadow of everything that Jesus has done for us, As we stand in that shadow, reflecting again on the price of being reunited with God, then surely the accurate picture we get of God is not a condemning, disappointed old man in the clouds with a beard, but surely the picture we have to get is of a God who loves us and just wants to put his arms around us, because that's how much he loves us. 
And the only right response to that is adoration. To adore the God who has done so much for us. Let me illustrate that in another way. And I use my wife again. She loves nothing more than being reduced to a sermon illustration. (laughs) I did not marry Jenny as a child-producing strategy. (laughs) You know, it, it wasn't a clever kind of strategy to increase church numbers. I married her because I fell in love with her. And I want to spend the rest of my life with her. It just so happens that two of the wonderful, miraculous, messy, noisy byproducts of our relationship are Annabelle and Elizabeth. But you know, they weren't why we got married. And in the same way, as we enter into a deeper relationship with God, as we come first and foremost to adore him, there will be many wonderful, miraculous and sometimes messy answers to our prayer. But we don't enter into a relationship with God to see what we can screw out of him. We do it because we want to love him and be loved by him. A relationship with God rooted in adoration is one in which we were always supposed to live. That's the design of things. If we take ourselves right back to Genesis, we see the man and the woman walking in the garden, walking and talking with their heavenly father. It's the most natural thing in the world because that's the way God intended it to be. Before sickness and disease and sin entered into the world, they just spent time talking with God. But you know what? I suspect that if there were no problems in the world, I suspect that if there was no war and none of our friends were ill, none of our friends needed to know who Jesus was, some of us would not have a clue how to talk to God. Because the only way we've ever spoken to God is I want this, I need that, I need the other, and I include myself in this. I need you to do this, I need you to do something else. Because we don't know how to just share our everyday routine lives with God. Maybe walking and talking with God, sharing the routine of our lives, is the best way to describe adoration of God. Pete Gregg, who started the 24-7 prayer movement, says that our prayer lives are at their best when we're praying small prayers continually rather than those big prayers occasionally. And some of us are quite good at praying uh, those simple prayers of adoration. You know, I know that there are many of you who just, when you're walking, you're constantly amazed at creation around you and you're praying those prayers of, of wonder. Praying from a place of adoration really can affect the rest of our prayer lives. Let me give you a really simple example. This is a, this is a really sensible prayer that we might pray. Please, Lord, help me at work today. Nothing wrong with that prayer. But how it often is manifested in our lives is, Lord, help me at work today. I hate my job. My boss is, who on earth appointed him? He's an idiot. Sorry, this is not me talking now. This is (laughs) Sorry, he's in the church hall. Um, You know, there's never enough time in the day to do the things I need to do. There's never enough money. Just help me in my work, Lord. I hate it. Or we could pray the same prayer from a place of adoration, which might sound like this, Lord, please help me at work today. I I really don't like my job very much. 
but I know that in your wisdom you have placed me in that company. I know that you have good purposes for my life. And I know you're in control. I know that you've prepared good works in advance for me. I know that you have plans to prosper me and give me a hope and a future. I know you love me and I know you work all things for, you, for the love of those, for the good of those who love you. So Lord, in hope and expectation, please would you help me at work today. Exactly the same prayer, but one prayed from a place of fear and worry and one prayed from a place of adoration. If our prayers are fuelled by fear and worry, then there will likely be a lack of faith behind them. But when we come to a true revelation of who God is, of his overwhelming love for us, and his desire to, even in the most dire, difficult, dark circumstances, to bring good and hope, then I think that changes the way we pray. This is so real for me at the moment. You know, I, I could be praying, my, my parents are, are not well, and my dad's been in hospital this week, and I could be praying from a place of, Lord, I'm so worried, I, I don't know how to look after them, I, you know, they're getting older, I don't, know, I don't know how to do, please help me. Or how I have actually found myself praying, and this has been a journey for me this week, but Lord, I know you love my dad, even though he doesn't know you yet. And I pray that through, even through this difficult time, through this illness, that maybe, Lord, you would be allowing that so that he might come to know your love for him. So that you might do a good work in his life. So that my mum, who does know you and love you, might just be able to trust you more, that you're working out good things in their lives. So that's a prayer rooted in adoration, I think, for a God who loves my parents so much. And some of us might struggle with the idea of adoration for God. Maybe respect for God, yeah, we can do that, or reverence even. But adoration, how do I adore a holy God? And yet, if you think about it, adoration should be what comes naturally, what comes truly. But C.S. Lewis says, lovers praise their mistress. Readers praise their favourite poet. Walkers praise the beauty of the countryside. Players praise their football team. Love spontaneously overflows into praise and adoration. So if we really love God, if we know that he is the, if we recognise him as the beautiful, loving being that he is, that flows out of us. And you know what, that is so deeply attractive when it flows out of the local church that the community will be transformed because they will see people who adore, they, we can't understand it, we can't get our minds around it, but they see a community of people who are moved to adore God and it transforms communities. So, in conclusion, prayer is the absolute heart of Christianity. We can all get better at it. I know I certainly can. And these prayers of adoration are really about climbing into the arms of God, recognising his love for us, and recognising that he wants to do more and more in our lives. But all of that starts by being in a place of security with him, of adoring him. 
How can we practically do something about this this week? Have you got, who's got their phone on them? If you've got your phone, just hold it up. Everybody, people got their diaries on their phone? I'm going to give you a few minutes now. We're just going to stop everything. I want you to log in or whatever you've got to do. And I want to suggest that we find 10 minutes each day, put it in your diary this morning, and we're just going to pray through the Lord's Prayer. So just to find 10 minutes, and if you don't, you know, if you haven't got your diary with you, there's some pieces of paper that you were given just to remind you. Maybe write on that. There are some pens in the, in the, t- in the chairs. Just write down. I'm going to commit to using 10 minutes in the car park when I arrive at work, or 10 minutes before I go to bed, or 10 minutes when I wake up in the morning, or whenever you know is a good time for you. And I'm going to commit to praying through the Lord's Prayer. Just gently, slowly, allowing each passage of the prayer to just sink into you deeper. Maybe go home this morning and you might want to write it into your diary at home or onto your wall planner. And this is just about saying, I adore you, Lord. I adore you. I want my life to be centred in you. I want my prayer life to flow out of this adoring relationship So the band is just going to play quietly over us just as we spend some time thinking, how do I make this work in my life? Because you've told me you want to draw closer and deeper with God, so you have to be the ones to do it. So let's just be still. Saskia plays and the band lead us. Just take a bit of time to work out what this is going to look like in our life going forward. And just imagine that picture of climbing into the arms of your Heavenly Father, just being with Him and letting your prayer flow from that place. And then Claire's going to come and lead us as we pray some prayers of adoration.